You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. timing of pre-tribulational rapture in the Revelation. A majority of pre-tribulational rapturists indicate that the most logical place for the occurrence of the rapture in the Revelation is between chapters 3 and 4. To understand the timing of the pre-trib rapture as it relates to the book of Revelation, one should remember two important points. First, pre-tribbers argue that the book of Revelation follows a temporal outline. The basis of their claim is Revelation chapter 1 verse 19, which states, Write therefore the things that you have seen, those that are and those that are to take place after this. Close quote. A threefold division flows out of this conclusion. The first chapter of the Revelation purports to concern the things that you, John, have seen. Chapters 2 and 3 concern those things that are. The remainder of the book covers those things that are to take place after this. Under this scenario, the second and third chapters cover the entire age of the church age. Dr. Paul Benware, a former professor at Moody Bible Institute, states, quote, The third division, chapters 4, verse 1, through chapters 22, verse 21, is the focus of Revelation and chronologically follows the age of the church, Revelation chapter 2 verse 1 through chapter 3 verse 22, as is evidenced by the opening statement after these things, chapter 4 verse 1, close quote. Second, pre-tribbers argue that God has promised the church deliverance before his eschatological wrath falls upon the earth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 10 promises deliverance from the wrath of God. In context, that wrath of God must refer to that future wrath God will God repeatedly promised in the Old Testament described as the day of the Lord. Revelation chapter 4 through chapter 18 pre-tribbers argue considers the eschatological wrath of God the day of the Lord that comes during the tribulation period. Based on these and other conclusions, Robert Gromacki lists seven indications that the genuine church is in heaven with Christ when the events of Revelation chapter 4 through chapter 19 take place. Absence of the term church in Revelation verses 4 through 19. Gromacki opens his list of indicators with the fact that the term church in Revelation chapter 4 through 19 is absent. This is, without a doubt, the number one argument that champions 
the pre-Revelation 4 through 19 rapture. John F. Walvert writes that the main problem with the book of Revelation is that there is no clear mention of the rapture of the church from Revelation chapter 4 through Revelation chapter 18. Walvert fails to mention that there is no mention of the rapture in chapters 2 and 3 either. And he will fail to prove that the church is even mentioned in chapters 20 and 21. So there are lots of reasonings for why this is not a good idea, but Gromacki insists. Now there are other pre-tribulationalists who have abandoned the idea that the rapture is depicted in Revelation chapter 4 verse 1, but Gromacki continues in his support for this position. These two conclusions form the basis of the pre-trib claim. However, what at first might seem compelling once examined, in my view, loses its punch. Gromacki does not mention that the term church does not appear in Revelation chapter 20 either, as I previously stated. The most explicit passage in the whole Bible that deals with the temporal reign of Christ on the earth, yet his bride, the church, is absent by direct reference. Yet no pre-tribber argues that the church remains in heaven during the Lord's temporal reign on the earth, even though in the book of Revelation is never mentioned as returning. Equally, no explicit reference to the church occurs during Revelation chapter 21's discussion of the eternal kingdom of God on the new earth. Yet pre-tribbers do not argue that the church is absent from the earth during the millennial kingdom or, for that fact, the eternity future. The absence of the term church in Revelation chapter 4 through chapter 21 might seem compelling until one considers the purpose of Revelation chapter 4 through chapter 21 and the type of literature used to communicate it. The purpose of Revelation chapter 4 through 21 is to detail God's victory over Adam's awful consequences of sin. Adam's fall eventuates into a satanic program to prevent the reign of Jesus Christ and his bride upon the earth. A plan so evil, Satan ultimately attempts to claim the earth for his kingdom and attempts to prevent God from coming to earth to reclaim it. This process would not have been so bad if God had reclaimed the earth immediately upon declaring his intentions. However, before God's reclamation of the earth, he declared to first visit the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. Acts chapter 15 verse 14. The Old Testament is replete with example after example of the tactics of evil men when God explicitly declares his will. In particular, on several occasions, evil rulers attempt to prevent the reign of Christ by slaughtering the babies of Israel. Pharaoh did it in Egypt. Herod did it in Israel. Haman attempted to do it during the time of the Persian Empire. 
One can just imagine the possibilities of wicked men if they understood the storyline of the Lord's revelation to John. Some suggest the book of Revelation inspired Hitler's visions of grandeur. However, God in his wisdom communicated the book of Revelation in an apocalyptic genre. God wrapped the message of the revelation in grotesque, surreal, earthly creatures, battling angelic creatures. To the average unbeliever, the book of Revelation is a hopeless book. But to believers, it is a book of hope. This is a divine protection granted by God. In his sovereign wisdom, he gave the church a document that the wicked sees as nothing more than mythological fiction. The absence of the term church in Revelation chapter 4 through 19 is no more unusual than the absence of the term Messiah or the lack of explicit references from Old Testament passages in Revelation chapter 4 through 19. However, while the term church is absent from Revelation chapter 4 through 21, the entirety, the entity represented by it is present. What generic term represents the faithful followers of Jesus Christ in Revelation chapter 4 through chapter 21? In nine of the 17 chapters of Revelation chapter 4 through 21, the term saints appear. This is the author's favorite designate for those who follow Jesus Christ. While the word church may be absent, the entity is very much represented. This argument from silence is not the best defense for a particular teaching of Scripture, though pretribbers have used it very forcefully to support their position. Gromacki's second indication of certainty that the genuine church's evacuation from the earth before the events depicted in Revelation chapter 4 through 19 concerns the absence of admonitions. Unlike chapter 2 and 3 of the Revelation, which evidence a high degree of commands and exhortations to the overcomers, Revelation 4.19 has two similar commands. Gromacki finds in this support for his conclusion that the church is in heaven. However, Gromacki's reasoning is faulty at this point. That Revelation 2 through 3 does not discuss or highlight God's wrath against the wicked does not mean that there are no wicked people on the earth. The purpose of Revelation chapter 2 through chapter 3 is to inform seven local churches in Asia Minor of their future. The purpose of Revelation chapter 4 through 19 is to inform seven local churches in Asia Minor of the future of the wicked earth dwellers. Purpose controls content, not a theological position. Gromacki offers a third indication that the genuine church is in heaven during the events of Revelation chapter 4 through 19. Revelation chapter 19 verse 7 through 9 declares the marriage of the Lamb. His bride, literally wife, made herself ready. This is a metaphorical reference to the church in line with a similar reference by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 2. 
it seems to escape Gromacki's notice that just as a metaphorical reference in Revelation 19 could refer to the church, similar metaphors in Revelation chapter 4 through 18 might do the same. For example, there is no contextual reason why the universally innumerable multitude of Revelation 7 could not include the church. A fourth possible indication of the church's removal from the earth before the events recorded in Revelation chapter 4 through 19, says Gromacki, is the Lord's change in focus. Christ works among the churches on earth in Revelation chapter 1 through 3, but works from heaven with the seals in Revelation chapter 4 through 19. However, this distinction is a bit artificial. It is clear that the Lord's work among the churches involved work both on earth and from heaven. The, the church at Thyatira will receive discipline in time as well as when the Lord returns from heaven. Equally, God's wrath will hit the wicked from heaven as well as from the earth at Armageddon. Gromacki labors to show that the 24 elders represented in Revelation 4 indicates a church removed from the earth. In his view, the 24 elders metaphorically represent the church in heaven. It apparently escapes Gromacki's notice that the church's metaphorically representation in chapters 4 and 19 of the Revelation makes little sense if in fact the raptured church has been removed to heaven at the end of chapter 3. The metaphorical representation of the church in Revelation 19 occurs twice. First, you have the elder metaphor, which of course is highly debated as a reference to the church, and number two, the bride metaphor. Gromacki does not explain why the church needs metaphorical representation after safely being delivered to heaven. Why continue to veil it if it has been removed and it is in heaven? The sixth indication that the church resides in heaven during the events depicted in Revelation chapter 4 through 19 concerns the heaven dwellers mentioned in Revelation chapter 13 verse 6. Gromacki sees the object of Antichrist's blasphemous speech as the raptured church. This is pure conjecture. At best, even under the pre-trib scheme, the church is only in heaven for seven years, which is hardly long enough to be called those who dwell in heaven. Yet the angelic host, whose home heaven has been since their creation, will continue to be, it will continue to be their home into even eternity future. Gromacki dismisses the angelic host as a possible reference merely because scripture prior to Revelation chapter 13 verse 6 has never spoken as such. Yet the angelic host will inflict more damage to Satan and Antichrist program in three and a half years than the church did in 2,000 years of history. The final indication that the church is in heaven during this period covered by Revelation chapter 4 through 19, as Gromacki insists, relates to the pre-trib notion 
that God cannot work with Israel and the Gentiles at the same time. Pre-tribbers teach that Daniel's 70th week must be limited to God's work with the nation of Israel. Therefore, God must finish his work with the church before the 70th week of Daniel resumes. This is a fundamental error of the pre-trib system. The, two, the New Testament contradicts this conclusion at every point. Peter indicates that the church age began on the day of Pentecost following the resurrection of Jesus Christ. However, the destruction of Jerusalem prophesied by Jesus two nights before his death occurred almost 39 years after the beginning of the church age. A Jewish prophecy finds fulfillment 30 years into the age of the church. Now, no one believes that God stopped working with Israel on the day of Pentecost. No Jews were saved? Of course not. Pre-tribbers must see the contradiction in their conclusion. Given the apocalyptic genre used to communicate the message of the revelation and that the rapture will occur at a time when both believers and unbelievers will least expect it, one should be little surprised that an explicit reference would not be apparent in the book of Revelation. Rather, we must look for an implicit indication. Unfortunately, the presuppositions of the pre-trib position eliminated from any help in discovering the placement of the rapture in the sequence of the book of Revelation. The first error of this position is the insistence that the entire seventieth week of Daniel is the direct wrath of God, thereby requiring the church's rapture out of the world before the seventieth week begins. There is no biblical support that the entire seventieth week of Daniel is the wrath of God. Perhaps this is why Dr. John F. Walvert wrote some years ago, Neither post-tribulationalism nor pre-tribulationalism is an explicit teaching of Scripture. The Bible does not, in so many words, state either, says Walvert. Equally, to make this entire time the eschatological wrath of God necessitates that the people found in Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 through 17, described as a great multitude which no one can number, are the victims of God's wrath. In my view, this is completely unacceptable. A final error of Gromacki is his assumption that Revelation chapter 4 through 19 is a chronological detailing of the events that follow the rapture of the church. Michael Svigel suggests that Gromacki's thinking reflects an assumption that is neither universally held nor supported by the evidence. Now, there are other pre-tribulationalists who see a, the timing of the rapture in other passages and have abandoned the Revelation 4.1 as an indication of the rapture of the church. This is probably rather healthy for the position. But for 
many, many, many decades, Revelation 4.1 was seen as the primary text indicating the rapture of the church by pre-tribulationalists. The fact that many have abandoned it tells me that there is a better thinking concerning the rapture from pre-tribulationalists. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode. 